around the world and here at home, bringing relief, hope, and the life-changing message of Jesus. You're listening to the Mize Missions Podcast with Terry Mize. Hello, everyone, and welcome today to Terry Mize Podcast. We're so glad that you're out there listening, and we're just so grateful uh, and honored for the opportunity to minister to you. We are available through terrymize.com, and then you can go to our website at terrymizeministries.org and find all of our products there that are online available to you. You can leave your prayer request, and certainly there is a donation area there that you can go on to that page and become partners with us. We look forward to uh, praying for all of our partners every day, and we're so thankful for the opportunity that we have to go on your behalf to the world and to pray prayers that on behalf of people that you wouldn't know personally, but we do. And we're so glad that Jesus has called us in these last days to partner together with the church, with his church, and to do things around the world that really are impossible to do but because we have partners and there's not just two one or two people going but we're all going together and I'm just so grateful for that honored opportunity that the spirit of God gives us that you really find no place uh, that whole concept of partnership and going on behalf of others really came from the word of God others have picked up on that around the world <laughs> but that was a God idea first well Terry and I are here today to talk to you about some wonderful things from the word of God and we want to always encourage you in realms of faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ you don't have to have all the answers in your head but you if you'll read the words on the pages of your Bible you will begin to build on the inside of you a strong trust and confidence in what God has already said to you. Uh, Terry and I were talking as we were getting ready for the broadcast this morning, and we wanted to encourage you along these lines. And then Terry's just got so many great testimonies over the last nearly 50 years of ministry that we want to talk about some of those. So I just um, felt like it would be good for you to start this week uh, here on, on Wednesday with a brand new podcast of hearing how God uh, is never challenged by the impossible that even when all of the circumstances look like there's no hope, God has a way. There's nothing is ever a surprise to him. So, darling, just go ahead and just begin to share what's in your heart here, and we'll talk about that today on the podcast. Well, Renee, thank you. That's the only, that's the absolute uh, thing that sets faith apart. Faith does the impossible. Right. Faith sees the invisible. It does the impossible. That's right. And it believes the incredible. It believes that what nobody else would believe. It believes the word of God That's right. in the face of whatever circumstance is going on. Uh, you can be sitting there looking at whatever devil, whatever demon, whatever sickness, right. whatever disease, whatever financial problem, whatever family problem, whatever crisis, whatever emergency, whatever thing right. is going on. And uh, somebody else could look at it and say, there's no way out of this. This, right. is, this is impossible. That's when our faith should kick in. That's when we should turn to faith. Right. Well, the answer <clears throat> always me. is on, on that, too, is, you know, what the angel said to Mary, the Virgin Mary. And that's the answer that resounds through all time when she said, how am I going to have a baby having not known a man? And the angel's answer was by the Holy Ghost. And that's all. And that really... I think motivates us to go into the realm of the spirit and expect and believe God and just know that no matter what we see with our eyes, God's got an answer for it. and He's got a miracle to solve it with. Oh yeah. You know, uh, faith, faith says if the only obstacle 
is that it's impossible, right. then it can be done. That's so good. That's if right. that's the only obstacle, if we're looking at all the different things right. here uh, at this situation and the only obstacle is the fact that it's impossible, then faith gets up and says, we can do it. We can do it. That's right. You know, I have a, a friend in Mexico, a pastor in uh, uh, way South Mexico. He's up in his 90s now. And I'm not talking about missionary Wayne Myers that right. I talk about right. so often. Right. But I'm talking about a Mexican pastor way down in Tuxlo Gutierrez, down in the jungle in the last state of Mexico before you get to Guatemala. And uh, uh, I heard him say when I was an 18-year-old kid, back in 1968, I heard this Mexican pastor, his name is Brother Castellazo, and I heard him speak when I was 18. Wow. And he made a statement. He said, he said, faith is like jumping off a high diving board into a pool knowing full well there's no water in the pool, but expecting it to be there before you hit the bottom. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's pretty much it. <clears throat> well, that impressed me as an 18-year-old. Right. No Another joke. thing he said was faith is like, like being on a ladder, painting a second-story building, mm-hmm. uh, a two-story building. You're up on the second floor painting on this ladder, and the ladder falls out from under you, and right. you just keep on painting. Right. <laughs> you know, oh, faith, faith, faith takes right. the M The I am out of impossible. No, that's good. And it makes it possible. And so faith is the faith is the victory. The Bible says God tells us in first John faith. This This is is the the victory. victory. Here it is. Listen up. Pay attention. You know, here's a secret. Here's a here's a point. Here's a here. Here's what you need to know. This is this is it. There's just one thing. What was that old movie about the Cowboys? And old Curly said, there's just one thing. Yeah. There's one thing. <laughs> if I could just know one thing, what's the right. one thing? Well, here it one is. Faith thing. is that one thing right. that makes the difference. And faith is the one that says, all right, get up. Let's do it. It's only impossible. So that's not a problem. Let's get it done. And, yeah. uh, and we know so, God has a way. No, absolutely. And then, then that pastor, uh, brother Costalazzo told several miracle stories. And I've even told him, I think on the podcast, uh, I told one story about one of his parishioners, one lady at her, you know, they live out in the jungle and in farms and stuff. And, and she had the rebels, the guerrillas, attack and uh, attacked her property and her 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 people and and her animals and and she ran over to get her pastor, Brother Costalasso, and she said, "Come quick, come quick!" And he ran over there, and uh, her prized pig was laying there dying. They, the rebels, the bad guys, had sliced it open with a machete. I remember and you it's, telling it's me that. And its intestines, so its guts, its innards, and stomach, everything was was out oh, on the my. ground. Right, right. Pig was still alive, but it was sliced open, and all these insides were laying on the ground and she said you're my pastor now pray you fix this that's my that's my income and he said well go get a bed sheet and she ran into her house and got a bed sheet and and came back out there and he grabbed all those intestines and and stomach and all the innards and shoved them back into that pig and then tied that bed sheet around him and then prayed for him and god completely healed him well you know that's the kind of pastor you ought to have no joke (laughs) That's the guy you won't pray in for you no, when it's right. impossible. That's, that's the guy that's you won't exactly pray in right. for you when the devil comes. That's a you know I've said for so many years, Renee, <laughs> that it just doesn't really make any difference no, where doesn't. you go to church <laughs> if there was no devil. If there was no devil, but but there is a devil. There is. That's right. And so it makes a big difference where you go to church. No, it does. It cha- it can save your life for the better. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I just I'm you know, one of my one that. of my uh, one of my uh, relatives. Not very long ago, just in the last couple of months, uh, you know, we're we're wanting to do something with a with a church group and what have you, and wanted me to help on it financially, and and I said, sure, I don't mind helping. I said, now what what church group is this you're doing this with? And they rattle off the name of some mainline denominational church that doesn't preach the baptism of the Holy Spirit, doesn't preach healing, doesn't preach faith, doesn't preach anything that you know, doesn't preach the Bible, and uh, 
And I just said, you know, I, I, I'd rather see you go to a good church. If there wasn't a devil, right. I wouldn't care. It wouldn't you know? And it made them all mad, you know, and they saw you're mean and you're self-righteous and you're terrible and you're awful. And I said, well, you no, know, I just know that if, that if problems come, and they will, and trials come, and they will, if things come, if there's an attack, and there will be, Right. Then you need a pastor in the church that teaches the word of God, That's right. teaches the Bible, and knows how to attack hell, and knows how to have spiritual authority over you, and right. knows how to fight battles for you, and knows how to stand in the gap and make up the hedge, knows how to pick up the sword of the spirit, knows how to pick up the shield of faith, knows how to run out there and stand between you and the onslaught of the devil, right. and say, and say, bless God, I am this person's pastor, and I, and I declare all hell to leave them alone, and get right. off of them, and take your hands right. off of them, by by the blood of the covenant, by the name of Jesus, by the word of God, by the power of God, you get your, you pack your trash devil and get off of them in the name of Jesus. That's and you right. know, some nice, sweet little denominational pastor that doesn't understand the Holy Ghost, doesn't understand the power of God, doesn't understand faith, doesn't understand how to use right. the word of God, right. even though they're sweet, even though they're precious, even though they're Christians, even faithful. though they love God, even though they're faithful, even though when they die, they'll go to heaven because they love God, they're a Christian, right. but they still don't know how to get in spiritual authority and dominion and help you out. And I don't want a pastor that cannot jump in the fire and jump in the battle with me and grab the sword and say, let's, let's go, let's get right. this done. You Even, know, that one of David's men, of men, of, uh, what the Bible called David's mighty men of valor, one guy's name was Shammah, and the Bible says right. that, that over and over and over the Philistines, the bad guys, had been coming into his bean patch, said he had a lentil patch, lentils or beans, he had a bean patch, and they'd come over there and steal his beans over and over and over. Right. And one day, Shammah just got tired of it, and he said, he <laughs> said, you know what, uh, I'm done with this, right. they're, they're, they're no more, they're not taking another bean. And so the Bible tells us he went out there and stood in the middle of that bean field, and he took his sword, and he said, all right, you Philistines, you are not taking one more bean. This, this day of you taking my beans is over. Right. And he slew, I forget how many he slew, I'd have to go look several it up. Hundred. But he slew several hundred of the right. enemy as they came into his bean patch. He just, he just cut them down. Now, that's the guy you want as your pastor. No, that's, that's the guy right. you want as your, as your missionary, as your apostle. That's the guy you want that can speak into your life whenever the devil comes. Like I said, if there wasn't a devil, Renee, it wouldn't make any difference where no, you went to church. Right. You could just go to the pretty church and the good singing church and the good smelling church and the good looking <laughs> church and the good, I'm what, you know, the popular church. Right. But, you know, uh, popular has never been the thing with the people of God. It's, it's, no, it's, right. it's faith, it's faith, it's faith, it's faith, it's faith. God, you know, God's looking for two people in the Bible. He says, a faithful man who can find. He's looking right. for a faithful man. And he says, a virtuous woman who can find. He's looking right. for a virtuous woman. Right. You know, there's only, there's only a couple of things that God even requires of us. is to do justly. Love mercy. And love mercy. Humbly. Do justly. Love mercy. And walk humbly before the Lord. I like that. Those are all. And walk humbly before well, and that the Lord. Creates That's what an God's looking for you to do. That creates an atmosphere. <clears throat> and, and even more than that, even as a teenager, I can remember in my Pentecostal church, great preachers would come through and they'd give testimonies and talk about faith and how, you know, and that use your faith and pray and believe God for miracles and things like that. And I told my mother, I can remember in the eighth grade, I said, sometimes I just want to hold up a big sign that says how. I don't yeah, want sure. just a pastor that can do it so that I can have, have him up on a pedestal and, and think, oh, he's so great and so wonderful. I want him to teach me how to slay the enemy. I want Absolutely. him how to teach me. Absolutely. And a lot of people, I, I know, Terry, that, that go to church, they want to hear a good sermon and they want to be challenged, 
but the responsibility of being that man or woman of God on the scene in the middle of a crisis, they don't want that responsibility put on them. Now, to those that do, that well, want to get on the front. Well, we'd all love that. We'd yeah. all love to I'd sail love through life to, with no responsibility, I'd love no for pressure, somebody, no hardship. You know, you pray no for attacks. me. You believe for mm-hmm. me. You you do the all the work for me. But I can remember there being a fierceness on the inside of me, even as a young teenage girl, that said, "If you'll teach me how to do it, I'll be just like you." Absolutely. And and Absolutely. that's the well, that was our big question back in the sixties and that's early seventies. We we finally figured it out back then and said, you know, you know. All, all the pastors tell us, all the preachers tell us, have faith. Right. Have faith. Or they right. tell us, pray. Or they tell us, whatever. Right. But they don't tell us how. Right. And so that's when the church made that big switch. You remember the phrases we used back in the 60s and 70s? We'd say, we'd say this is not the day of inspiration. This is a day of information. Because right. all these years we've had inspiration. All these years we've had pastors stand up right. and preach an inspired message from the Holy Ghost. Exactly. And you'd get goosebumps and you'd get excited mm-hmm. and you'd get thrilled and your spirit man would get thrilled. And the pastor would just say, have faith, have faith, have faith, or pray, 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 or, <laughs> or believe God, believe God, believe God. And we knew we were yeah. supposed to do that. Right. But then, then we changed into a, 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 we switched over into a mode of, of teaching uh, how to do this, teach line right. up online, teach uh, principle, teach teach the the, the, the word of God, right. and, and exactly. move from inspiration to information. Well, but now we are at another crossroads where we've told that information all these decades, and there's no inspiration anymore. And I've always said it like this: I said, I said, yes, we still need the day of insp- insp- inspiration, and we still need the day of information. But what right. we need really is the day of demonstration. Well, and that's the what Christian's I came going to, to have to the demonstrate the word of God. When that, when, when I, those Philistines are in your bean patch, right. uh, something needs to happen. Well, when I got married and uh, then had, had children immediately, uh, I even though I was in Bible college and had, we had come back to go to work in our home church, I realized that I had uh, the the minute my little baby got sick and we knew there was a very serious problem when he was two months old, I knew I had to have something to get a child healed and oh, i didn't and i didn't know how to do that and i realized i had been raised in a pentecostal church had the baptism of the holy spirit since i was eight years old prayed in tongues absolutely. i was involved in every activity that, that you could have at the church dean and i were living on the church property and i did not know how to believe god for my child's healing or for a loaf of bread for that matter and i can i can remember thinking I've got to learn faith for myself. And absolutely. Those, I, wanted no, absolutely. To, I wanted to tell the people those scriptures that you referred to about faith overcoming the world. And that's in, that, those were some of the very first things that I learned about faith from uh, wonderful men of God that were teaching faith back in the 60s at that time. And it's 1 John 5, verses sure. 1 sure. through 4. And it talks about how that faith is down on the inside of us and that that faith is the very thing that God wants us to use out of our own heart that will help us overcome these these two words, the world and all that is in the world, everything that could ever come against your life. It's going to take your faith because you're the one that's there. Nobody else has a more vested interest in what's happening in your life than you. And that's the thing that really a lot of Christians don't understand, darling, is that people literally are responsible to develop their own personal faith. No, and absolutely. if they don't absolutely. do that... And that's what John's telling you. He said, hey, hey, here, yeah. here's a clue. This is the victory. This is the this victory is that overcomes the world, even <laughs> our, our faith. faith. And he goes on to say down in verse 14 and 15, 
He says that this right. is the confidence. confidence. I guess that's one of the first sermons I started preaching when I was a teenager and started getting a hold of this stuff. I thought, dear God, look at that word confidence. Yeah. This is the confidence. confidence. This isn't maybe so, hope right. so, yeah. think so, wish so. We hope. Uh, you yeah. know, if, 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 and if, if God wills, if it, you know, if the creek don't rise, if the <laughs> you know, if the devil don't care. Right. No, it says yeah. it says this is the confidence that right. we have in Him. Right. I mean that just that just bolsters your faith right there. I'm no, I'm confident. Here's my confidence. I'm totally confident in Almighty God that if I ask Him anything, right, according to His will. Well, what's His will? His will is His word. Mm. So if I ask Him anything according to His word, according to His will, it says that I know that He hears me. This is the confidence we That's have in Him that if we amazing. ask anything according to His word, we know that right. He hears. Those are positive words. No, that's right, and it. Uh, I find that that even. Even though there's so many tools out there, there's there's a way that the Holy Ghost is going to bring people into Revelation. It'll be person by person, and they'll they'll walk a certain path. They'll find a verse of scripture. They'll find some way uh, to, to get to God when there's hunger there. It's amazing. No, and absolutely. Vocabulary can really open the door of understanding to people, and it sure helped me. Well, and that's um, what happened in the Book of Acts when those seven preacher boys. Right. I mean, seven preacher boys, sons of the priest, Bible school students. Right. They didn't have a clue how to cast out devils, no. and they hadn't read it in the Word, but they had heard. They had seen the Apostle Paul do it, and they had seen, right. they had heard Apostle Paul talk about Jesus doing right. it. Talk so the Bible says that, that they took it upon themselves right. to go cast out some devils. They just one day sat around, you know, having coffee or whatever, and said, "Hey, let's go cast some devils out. Wouldn't that be fun?" <laughs> and so they went and found a demon possessed guy. But instead of them knowing what God said, right. they used the, the paraphrase. They didn't use the translation. They, they used a paraphrase, and they went over there, and they said to those, demon, those demons inside that one man, seven guys trying to take it on one man, <laughs> and they said, hey, you devils, we cast you out in the name of this Jesus right. that Paul preaches about. Mm -hmm. And they thought that would do the job because that's a nice paraphrase. It is a nice paraphrase. I mean, that was all true. The, the, this Jesus that Paul preaches about, he can get the job done. There's no question. But right. immediately those devils said, hey, these guys don't know what God really said. They know what Paul said. They know what Paul said about Jesus, but they have no firsthand knowledge, and they, have, they, they don't know what the Word really says. And so those devils said, well, hey, Jesus we know. He's made headlines in the daily newspapers of hell. He's, right. he's put the regions of damned in absolute panic time and time again. He's got the devil over in the corner chewing on his tail, chewing his tail raw, trying to figure out what's going to happen next. We know about Jesus, and we know about Paul. Paul's made headlines every day in the newspapers of hell. I mean headlines, daily headlines, and caused consternation in the regions of the damned. But they said, you know, we don't know you guys. We never heard of you. You never made the headlines in, in the newspaper of hell. We, we don't know anything about you, so therefore we're going to beat you up. And those, those, that one guy, this had to be hilarious. I wish I had this on video. This one guy jumped on seven guys. That's pretty good odds, one to seven. Right. And he, one guy jumped on seven guys and didn't just beat him up. He beat him up and stripped them naked. And chased them all down the street. So here's seven <laughs> preacher boys, seven Bible school students running down the street, right. screaming and yelling in fear, buck naked, with one guy chasing after them. And that's what happens if you don't know the word for yourself. When you can't no, come back and right. say, this is the confidence right. that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his name, according to his will, we know that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then we know we have the petition we desired of him. No, and that, that's that's the big difference. It changed my life when I got into the Word of God and began to see 
exactly what all these were saying. It made it so personal for me that it wasn't just something that the preacher was saying anymore. Tell us that story about, we were talking about casting out devils and things when you were in Burma and that, uh, before we go today, tell, tell the folks about that, um, the witch doctor that came to your meeting and uh, sat over on the side and, and God healed him and and just the atmosphere of faith can really create and um, I think bring about miracles when uh, sometimes the same uh, needs can go sit in, in an atmosphere, even in a beautifully uh, architecturally designed church, and there be no faith present. There be no atmosphere of faith present. Um, I'm, I'm going to read this to you real quickly here before Terry tells that story. And it says here in the Amplified Bible in 1 John 5:14 and 15, and these scriptures, as Terry said, changed our lives. It says, and this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege, the boldness that we have in him. And we are sure that if we ask anything, make any request. I mean, that doesn't leave anything out, does no, it? No, no, no. If we make any request according to his will. And, and he we uses know, those all-inclusive words. That's right. That's so important. That, that riveted down in my soul. Well, according to his will. Well, I learned that his will is his word and his word is his will. And God doesn't leave things up in the air for us not to know that if we'll get an agreement with what God says already in his word and the amplified Bible says his own plan, then we know that he hears us. And that goes along with Hosea 14 too, that when you go before the Lord, take with you, take words. With you words, the, the most important words that God will ever honor are his own. And it says, and then if we positively know, and we do <laughs> that, he listens to his own word, whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted to us as our present possessions the requests that we've made known of him i mean there's no there's no wonderment in in verses like that no not at all not there's at no all. question about well does god get did god hear it me? like this this is the confidence we have yeah. in him right that's what the real bible says and if we have that confidence in god then we know that we have the possessions that we've desired of him absolutely. as our present possessions absolutely so. no no that that's that's one of those fail safe scriptures that's one of those scriptures that you know, I refer to certain scriptures in the Bible, not all the scriptures in the Bible, but certain scriptures in the Bible, I refer to them as spiritual laws. And in, in Terry Mize's vernacular and in Terry Mize's definition, a spiritual law is something that will always work, and it's not dependent on, on other circumstances around it. It, right. it'll just, it will stand alone. It can stand all by itself. Right. You can set it up on the table and say, that's it, and point at it and say, that's, that's the word of God. And it, it's not gonna, it's not, it doesn't need any help. You know, most scriptures in the Bible, uh, and, and Christians are guilty of this and preachers are guilty of this, but most scriptures in the Bible uh, can't stand alone. They need some help. You have right. to read the scripture before it. You have to read the scripture after it. Right. You have to see who's talking. Uh, you have to see who are they talking to. Right. You have to see is it Old Testament, is it New Testament? You know what's the basis? What's the what's the understanding here? You know, you, you know, I've had people say for many years, and of course we've talked about this. All of us with Word of Faith folks have talked about this for for decades. But but uh, you know, we've said well, well, not not every word in the Bible is truth. You know, it's true that it's in the Bible, but it's not necessarily truth right because you know exactly. uh, the devil talks in the bible and right. what he says isn't true sure you know jesus in fact says that the devil is a liar right. 
Right. You know, and the Bible says that the devil is not only a liar, but he's a father of lies. And there's several things in all through the Bible, Old Testament, new, the devil has said, right. well, those things aren't truth. They're just true that they're in the Bible. That's yeah, true. You know, story. they're, they're, they're not, they're statements. They're, they're, they're it's a true story. It, was, it really happened. It was really said, it was really done, but that doesn't make it true. It's only true if God has uttered it because Jesus said, father, thy word is truth. Sometimes Pharaoh was talking, right. you know, sometimes Caesar was talking. Sometimes a demon-possessed person was talking. Exactly. Sometimes the Pharisees were talking. Sometimes the Sadducees were talking. Sometimes the, the bad guys were talking. So there's lots of Bible in there that uh, it's true that that happened. It's true that that's a true story. It's true that it's in the Bible, but they are not statements of truth. Right. Right? Exactly. And so we have to stop and look who said it. If exactly. Jesus said it, you can take it to the bank. If right. God said it, you can take it to the bank. If one of the prophets uh, our apostles said it under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, you can take that to the bank. But not everything in the Bible is, even though it's true that it's there, it's not a true statement or a statement of truth. It's not truth because it's not God's word. Sure. Uh, one great example is in the book of Job. Job made the statement and he said, uh, he, he said, though God slay me, I'll trust him. Well, God's not going to slay him, right. you know, but yet it's true that Job said that. And then, you know, up in the first part of, of the chapter, uh, then uh, the, or toward the end there, Job says, the Lord given. This is one of the most famous, famous, famous statements in the Bible. I mean, everybody uses it. Every <laughs> sinner uses it. Every preacher at funerals uses it. Preachers right. that don't even know God use even it. Even Hollywood and uses it. Hollywood uses it all the time and always has. And they say, the Lord giveth and the Lord, and the Lord taketh take away. away. <laughs> and that's true that Job said it, but it's not true. It's that's not right. a statement of truth. God is not the one that's taken away. God's right. the one that giveth, and he's the one that gives life, but he's not the killer. Jesus said, the thief, the devil's come to steal, that's kill, right. and destroy. I have come to give you life, and that I more abundantly, life. John 10, 10. So it's a true statement that God gives, but it's not a true statement that God taketh away. Yet that's in the Bible, and yet Job said it, and yes, it's true that Job said it, and yes, it's true that it's in the Bible, but right. it's not a statement of truth. Exactly. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Good word. Keep preaching. Well, I didn't know if you were going to give your testimony about. Well, that. I would, but we're thirty minutes into the podcast. That's right. Does anybody so... does anybody care? I mean, if people don't care, I'll just tell it. <laughs> Go ahead and tell it. I you know, I was I was in the nation of Burma years ago, years ago, decades ago now, and uh, I had gone into Burma, which is Myanmar now. But I had gone into Burma actually. Um, uh, Illegally, actually, I had crossed over right. through old logging roads that the thieves cut into the jungles to go in and steal the teak wood, uh, because the, the nation of Burma wouldn't let me go into the nation legally to preach to this Indian tribe, the Karen Indian tribe, and uh, uh, I could have gone into Burma legally to go into the capital city of, of Rangoon, which is now called Yangon, uh, but I couldn't preach to that tribe, and so to preach to that tribe, I would go into Thailand and then sneak across the borders. Uh, to preach to the to the to the Karen or the Karen tribe, mm -hmm. and so uh, uh, I was uh, I was back there. I had my oldest son Lynn with me. I had a missionary friend of mine that he would appreciate me not naming him, so I won't. Uh, and so we we snuck across the border. Had set up a, a pastors' conference. Had sent flyers all through the jungle. I mean, to village after village after village, they'd run. They'd sent runners with these little flyers and put them up in different villages around the jungle. And it said, uh, come see a man sent by God. Uh, you know, the blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, and they just put these up everywhere. <clears throat> and so uh, um, I uh, started this meeting 
on a on a on a morning, an early morning, and I can remember seeing the mist coming up off the jungle, and it's just cool and crisp, you know, in the mornings, and and uh, uh, they had built a little thatched uh, thatched roof. Uh, all it was is a roof. There wasn't any walls, wasn't any doors or windows. I mean, it's just a it was just poles up on you know stuck in the ground, and then thatched roof woven across it to hold these to hold these pastors, about two hundred pastors. And uh, so, and they built a real small little platform, you know, just wasn't very, wasn't very high, you know. I could just take one step and be up on it. And so, uh, I walked into the to the camp. I'd spent the night in one of the huts, you know, and and so I walked in over there at the in the in the encampment to where the meeting was going to take place. And they had set a bunch of benches up. They had actually built little benches, you know. And so here's all these pastors sitting there, just eager and waiting That's to hear wonderful. the word of God, just waiting to hear the That's missionary, wonderful. and uh, come in and speak to them. And some have been known me for years and years, some years, some of them, some of them. Did. And so uh, when I walked in there, uh, they were all sitting there, eager and ready and waiting to to hear the word of God from the man of God. And just as I started to step onto the platform, one of those pastors stood up and and grabbed my arm, and he said, uh, "Brother Terry." And I said, yes, sir, what can I do for you? And he said, you see that man over there? And so I turned and looked off to the, to, as I'm facing the audience, he would have been to my right, he would have been to the audience's left, but, but uh, off, off over to my right, uh, quite a ways from the platform, maybe 30 yards, 40 yards, I mean, pretty good little distance out there. Uh, there was a man sitting all by himself, not another chair anywhere. Just one guy had taken a chair <laughs> or a bench and he was sitting out there on it really? and, uh, and he was sitting with his arms folded, and he had his feet uh, out in front of him with his legs, his ankles folded. So he looked like his body language looked like this guy isn't going to receive anything. He's totally closed right, off. Right. And I said, yeah, I see him. And this pastor said, well, he's a witch doctor, and uh, he's a very famous witch doctor. And I said, uh, well, that's okay, Pastor. It'll be all right. Don't worry about it. And I started to get on the platform again, and he grabbed my arm again. He said, Brother Terry. And I said, what, Pastor? And he said, this guy is the most famous witch doctor in the whole region. In fact, he trains other people to be witch doctors. He trains them in the dark arts. And he said, this guy, you know, has makes animals appear and disappear and, and talks to animals wow. and, and, mm -hmm. and, you know, has people killed, you know, by the animals and by the spirits and, and all kind of things. And said, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's really revered and really feared all over this region. And, uh, and said, he's even got, uh, he's even got a school that he's built. And of course, when they say a school, they're talking about another thatched roof, right. you know, <laughs> building. We're not talking about it. Right. Building with windows and staircases and stuff. Right. And, uh, uh, and he has 600 students under him. Wow. He's training right now in session. He's training 600 students and that's what he does. He trains witch doctors and teaches them how to, how to do all this stuff. And I said, I said, that's okay, pastor. That's not a problem. It'll be all right. And I started to get on the platform again. He grabbed my arm again. He said, Brother Terry, I said, what, Pastor? And he said, this is serious. He's come here to cause trouble. And he's come here to stop this meeting. And said, everybody knows him. And said, they even know uh, uh, he's, he's deaf in his right ear. I mean, this guy's, this guy's famous. And, and we're very concerned about this. And I said, Pastor, it'll be okay. I said, this guy doesn't even stand a chance. I, sa I said, I feel sorry <laughs> for right. him. I said, this isn't even fair. <laughs> I said, I could write this testimony before it ever happens. I already know what's going to happen. There's no way that this is going to uh, have any other outcome except that Jesus is going to win. I said, don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. Now, please sit down. And so he sat down, and I finally made it to the platform, got up on the platform. And Renee, I, I, didn't, even, I didn't even start preaching. I just greeted the people. 
I just said, hey, good morning, pastors. Glory to God. It's so good to see you here this morning. Some of you have traveled for days and days to get here, and I just appreciate that and respect that, that you've taken time to come over here and to sit with me for these next three days and just hear the word of God. And we're going to have a good time of fellowship, and we're going to eat together, and we're going to preach together, and it's going to be just a wonderful time. And, and uh, now let's pray. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus, bless these meetings. Bless these pastors. Speak to them. And all I'm doing is praying the opening prayer. I'm not praying a healing prayer. I'm not praying a devil casting out prayer. I'm praying the opening prayer. And while I was praying the opening prayer, I hear this witch doctor over there screaming, saying, I can hear, I can hear, I can hear. And I looked over there to see what was going on, and he was holding on to his right ear, had his hand cupped over his right ear. He was jumping up and down like a little kid, and he was just screaming, I can hear, I can hear. And so I said, hey, you. And he looked up at me, and I said, and I motioned with my hand, come over here, come here. So he walked all the way over there and stood in front of me, you know, and uh, and I got that guy and led him to, into salvation. I cast all the cast the devils out of him. Just put my arm. I just grabbed him, embraced him, cast the devils out of him, got him saved, got him filled with the Holy Ghost. That's so wonderful. Set him on the front row, and I said, "Now, sir, you need to sit right here every day of this meeting. Every time we're preaching, you need to be right here <laughs> hearing the Word of God." And so then during the during the week, uh, as he sat on the front row, every service never missed. Uh, he'd talk to me. He'd come over to eat or come over to say something. We'd visit, have a little visit. And uh, come to find out, he had uh, seen one of those flyers uh, a week or so earlier. And he had been in some village way away, and he had seen these flyers, and it said, come see a man sent by God. That made him mad because he thought he was the man of God in the region. He thought he was <laughs> the power of God in the region. So it made so, him mad. Right. And uh, so he was standing there looking at that. At that. He told me this himself. He was standing there looking at that flyer, and a white bird appeared to him. And said to him, you need to go to that meeting, and you need to see that man and do what he tells you to do. Well, that really made him mad. And so he left. He ripped, <laughs> ripped the flyer down, left, went back over to That's his right. village, and he was sitting there in his Bible school or in his hut or whatever. And uh, and he sat there for, I don't know, a day or two, and, and you know things went on. And uh, that white bird appeared to him again and said, I told you, you need to go over there and hear that man and do what he tells you to do. Well, that just made him so mad. So he said, well, I'll go, all right. I'll go over there, and I'll disrupt that whole meeting. And uh, so he came over there, walked several days. I want to say he walked four days. It could have just been three because I've got lots of stories where people walk so many days. But I, I, I believe he walked four days. could have been three. That's amazing. But he got over there to disrupt with a sole intention to disrupt that meeting because he thought he was the power of God. My, my, my. And he ran into God, the real God. And he ran into a God with more power than him. No, and so right. uh, he sat there all those all those days, absorbed all that word, prayed for him many times, showed him, got him a Bible, showed him how to look stuff up in the Bible. And at the very end of the meeting, Renee, he said, uh, he said, you know, Brother Terry said, I, I've got this building I just built over there to hold 600 students. And I said, yes, sir, I, I've heard that. And he said, I'm going to go home and put a cross on the top of it and turn <laughs> it into a church. And he said, I'm going to pastor that church. And I'm going to teach these people the things you've taught this week. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, you got a right idea. Let's turn it into a church. Let's put a cross on top and turn it into a church. But I said, really, you're not quite qualified to be a pastor right now. <laughs> I said, so what we'll do is we'll send a couple yeah. of these pastors with you, and we'll work out a, a rotating you know, situation where they can come and help you. And, uh, and then they can preach, 
And then in a few months, you can you can take over and be the pastor. And you know that's exactly what happened, Renee. They went back, took a couple that pastors, so turned that thing into a church, began to preach the word of God. He began to tell those students that I really right. met the power of God. I met the real God. I met the God that's greater than the than the demons that I was serving. You know, and has more power than the demons that I was serving. Right. And uh, and that went on for two or three months, and he became the pastor. And he's still pastoring today. He's still in the jungles of Burma, pastoring that church, and, and a man of God filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, doing tremendous things, but you know, you know, it's cool when you got witch doctors around the world, right. and he's not the only one. But witch doctors around the world, saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, and uh, preaching the Word of God, because faith is the victory. No, that's right. And nothing's impossible to God. That's the, I, I guess you know, as you could say, the moral of the story is is that there's nothing too hard for the Lord, and that miracles are just a breath away when you're believing God for them and you expect them, and that if you'll just show up, God will be able to do something. Because if you're not there, nothing else matters. <laughs> and so I want to encourage all of you today, uh, after hearing this wonderful testimony about this witch doctor, I just think that that's God stepping over into the realm of, of the will of man, stepping over into the realm of Satan's territory, and just winning a soul anyway. And so I don't. I want wanted Terry to share that with you today, so that you could see that God's on your side, and He's going to help you uh, believe Him, and He's going to help you have miracles. He's going to help you win souls. Well, our time has come to an end today, and I just want to remind you again that you can find us at TerryMiseMinistries.org, and all the information products, tools, communication with us is through that website. And then you can also go to terrymise.com and listen to the broadcast over on the ministry website. They're all archived right there for you. And you can just listen to as many as you would like from as far back as we've done them over the last several months and just get all that good word down on the inside of you. And then weekly, every single Wednesday, we have a brand new podcast up for you at terrymise.com. So on both of those places, you're able to receive the word of God and then anything else that you can communicate with us on our on the website as well. Well, we love you dearly. We're so thankful for you. And we pray that God is every area of manifestation in your life working for you. And we will see you next time right here on terrymise.com podcast. Amen. You've been listening to a Mize Missions podcast. For all the latest updates to our global projects, speaking engagements, and social media, visit us at terrymize.com. You can partner with us to give living bread to dying men around the world. Get involved at terrymize.com. Until next time, thanks for joining us. This has been a presentation of Terry Mize Ministries.